Lord, we come once again hungry, hungry to see truth that you provide to us. Help us to benefit greatly from your word this evening. Help us to see how it relates to our lives, how it changes us. And then just would you just change us in the seeing and grappling and understanding and applying the truths of your word to all of life. We just pray for your help in these things, and we say this in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, our morning sermon that we saw together today on gospel farming from Matthew 9 and the need for us to pray to God for gospel laborers directly relates to each Christian, of course, who believes the gospel, so every believer here uh, in this room, but also it relates to those Christians who teach and preach the gospel as well. We're going to see next week in our Matthew series the the calling of the apostles, ascending of the apostles, and what that's going to look like. So certainly it gospel farmers and the praying that God would send them into the harvest, to the harvest, that the Lord of the harvest would send relates to those who teach, preach, or missionaries, or a variety of different contexts, right? Tonight, we're going to turn to a really familiar and related passage about specific gospel farmers or workers or laborers who have as their gifting and responsibility to preach and teach the word to the body of Christ. That's the topic. The directly relating, of course, to Pastor Wood and my calling as ministers of the gospel, shepherd of the flock, but I hope you can see that it would also relate to anyone and everyone who would open up their Bibles and then teach it to others. And so regardless of what that context looks like, there are things for us to glean because of the importance of rightly handling God's word. So Paul here, we're going to see, is writing to Timothy, this this pastoral apprentice of his who he's giving direction. But what he says to Timothy about how to handle the word and the importance of handling and what that looks like, it relates to all of us in the variety of ways that we might teach and communicate the word in a variety of settings. So let's see it. Turn with with me there. You see it on the screen to 2 Timothy 2.15 to see in our first point at number one, we must diligently labor in the word. And let's see it for, from 2 Timothy 2.15. This is from the Legacy Standard Bible. This is a new Bible that just released, and I like the translation here of it. Uh, it's very similar to the New American Standard Bible, if you've ever come across that. Um, but here we go. Verse 15 says, Be diligent <clears throat> to present yourself approved to God as a workman who does not need to be ashamed, accurately handling the word of truth. Just like Jesus illustrated the the plentiful harvest that we saw today and the need for more laborers, 
or farmers or workers, as we saw, Paul here instructs Timothy about the nature of that hardworking gospel farming Jesus was drawing our attention to earlier this morning, as we saw in his ministry. And just in case you might not directly see the parallel to the hard-working labor that we saw this morning in terms of the laborers are few, the, the harvest is plentiful, the laborers are few, gospel farming and ministry as it relates specifically to Timothy as a shepherd of the flock, as a pastor, it actually it does require hard work and, and labor. Let's see it in 2 Corinthians for context. Chapter 2 and verses 1 to 5. We just read verse 15, so we're now we're backing up to see some context here about what Paul is giving Timothy in terms of direction. This is what he says. You therefore, my child, Paul writing to Timothy, be strong in the grace that is in Christ Jesus and the things which you have heard from me in the presence of many witnesses. Entrust these to faithful men who will be able to teach others also. Verse 3, suffer hardship with me as a good soldier of Christ Jesus. No soldier is active in active service, entangles himself in the affairs of everyday life so that he may please the one who enlisted him as a soldier. Verse 5, and also if anyone competes as an athlete, he is not crowned unless he competes according to the rules. The hardworking farmer ought to be the first to receive his share of the crops. So you see here, the Apostle Paul is charging and mentoring Timothy in the way of faithful ministry. He said, what you learned and heard from me, pass it along to other faithful men to also share in your teaching to others. Notice right there that the idea that one preacher would do all the teaching and preaching is clearly foreign to the New Testament. As you see, more than one faithful man involved here, more than one in the context of ministry. Thankfully, we see that here at First Baptist Church Gallatin with many different Sunday school teachers faithfully giving the word and teaching and leading discussion and and being sound in the faith. And we've seen here in this pulpit many different faithful men lead us and use their preaching and teaching ministry for the glory of God. That's intentional, and that's biblical. Why? Because Paul tells Timothy to entrust these things to other faithful men. That's the same for every single local church throughout the history beyond them. It's not like what he gives to Timothy other churches can just ignore. No, there's wisdom in this reality of more than one faithful man preaching and teaching others because God gives different gifts. And Paul didn't want Timothy to think that it was his calling and task to do all the teaching. He wanted Timothy to mentor and involve others. This is just faithful biblical ministry. But also, Timothy was to be like a soldier, an athlete, and like a hard-working, hard-laboring farmer. You see, apparently preaching and teaching the Word is not some cozy, comfy walk in the park, but it requires diligent time and study and work in the Word of God, in prayer. I mean, it's clear 
he wouldn't use these words, he wouldn't instruct in these ways if the ministry was something other than labor, work, care. And that's what we see here in this passage. Throughout this chapter, Paul kept telling Timothy about all the ways that he suffered in his ministry, all the ways that he also, Timothy, so Paul suffered, so he's like, you also might suffer for doing good as well. We're going to get to that a little bit more in our next point, but you see there's persecution that ministers of the word, just there's persecution that all Christians face, as we see in the Sermon on the Mount. Blessed are those who are persecuted for righteousness' sake. We just saw that this morning as we were praying for the persecuted church. Not everyone will like those who teach and preach the word. As he will go on and say in chapter 4, there will be some who will have itching ears wanting something different than the plain and clear word of God. They're not going to want the sound doctrine. They're not going to want the word. They're going to want something else. They have itching ears looking for something else. That's going to cause some conflict for the minister of God's word. So it's not all easy, but like a soldier in a battle under attack, there's persecution and not just simply kind of roll out of bed, easy, say whatever comes to your mind, but training for an event even like an athlete, as Paul puts it. There, there, there's, there's training, there's work, there's intentionality. What happens to athletes who roll out of the bed and just kind of show up? They get cut from the team, don't they? They, they, don't, they, don't, they don't do the good work as an athlete if they don't care and train and work hard in those ways. The same thing is true for teachers and preachers of the word. They have no place handling the word of God if they do not train like an athlete. And even further, labor in the word like a hard-working farmer. I've mentioned this before, but there's just this common thing. It comes up all different types of times, but even some you know, renowned preachers have been caught not doing the hard work, but just kind of grabbing someone else's sermon and just re-preaching it if it's their own, without laboring in the Word, without being diligent, without prepping, without studying, without pouring into a text for their people. That kind of thing is not what Paul had in mind. Paul would look at that kind of thing that we see today, and he would just see it right away, like cut from the team, disqualified. We don't want anything to do with that. that that's lazy. That's thoughtless. You're not putting what God has given you to do. You're doing something. You're cutting corners. You're, doing, you're not working like a hard farmer. You're not training like an athlete. You're not being like a soldier. If I know anything about farmers, as I've learned more and more about farmers in our whole sermon this morning, it was all about that farming illustration Farmers work diligently and hard, and if they don't, what's going to happen? They're not going to last very long as farmers because it takes hard work in order to be a successful farmer. The same thing goes for those who labor in the Word. Lazy teachers and preachers might as well step away from their pulpits, find something else to do because Paul says here, Timothy is to be a hard-working laborer diligently in his ministry in, in, with the word. It's just important for us to say that. You think it would be no-brainer, but when you have ministry leaders, major leaders of denominations, and you have uh, people like that setting models of something different, it has to be said. 
And then also when you have people that are wanting ears itched, like to tickle ears and itch ears is it's a real easy thing. You just look at the felt needs of the people and you give them that. You give them more. You give them the thing that you're just going to, kind of preaching to the choir. Just give them more. Give them more. Do what they want. Say what they want. Please this person. Please that person. Please them. What do they want over there? Okay. What do you want? Oh, you want a little bit more of that? I'm going to give it to you. That's easy. That's fleshly. That's carnal. And guess what? It's not what Paul calls Timothy to do. And it's not what any pastor ought to do. This leads us now to our second point. And number two, the preacher, of course, must be diligent in his work in the word, as we saw, but also he must ensure that he avoids teaching error. See it again in verse 14, focusing on that section there. Remind them of these things. Solemnly charge them in the presence of God. Sorry, verse 14. Oh, I'm sorry. 15 is our verse. I put 14 in there. I'm being confused over my notes. It's been a long day. Here we are. Verse 14 and 15 we're going to see in context. Remind them of these things. Solemnly charge them in the presence of God. Do not dispute about words which is useless and leads to the ruin of the hearers. Now verse 15 again. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God as a workman who does not need to be ashamed, accurately handling the word of so that really famous, I mean, that's the, uh, I think that's the Awana verse, if those of us who are familiar with Awana, that's a really, really key verse, that famous f- verse 15, we all know that one, but did you see the, the flip side of that diligent work in verse 14? There's a kind of useless teaching and disputing, and actually the, 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 this kind of thing hurts the hearers of these kinds of teachers. Bad teaching can really hurt people. Do you believe that? Have you experienced that? I think, talked to different people. I know I have in, in my Christian life. I've experienced bad teaching and that was untrue and not true to God's word. It was stuff that Paul is warning Timothy not to do. And it was not good for my spiritual growth. Praise God that the Lord led me away from some of those teachers Because if I would have stayed in that context, I would have been even more hurt. And I know many people who have been hurt by unfaithful shepherds teaching things that are not true to God's word. And a preacher, you see here, as we see here, who's ashamed, is the one who teaches and preaches error to the flock of God. And I just say this, there's almost nothing worse for someone to do vocationally, than to mishandle the word of God. There's too much at stake. I mean, a salesperson can lose out on landing that big client. That's going to be impactful. Or or a farmer can leave some crop behind based on poor execution in in his harvesting, and that's going to be an issue. You could do poor work as a farmer or as a salesperson or a teacher in, in school system may accidentally skip over a lesson or not adequately prepare their students for that big exam. Those, those will have consequences. But when a preacher of the word of God, a herald of the good news, teaches and preaches false doctrine or is unclear and misleading, it can lead whole flocks astray. He's not just missing out 
on a monthly sales bonus or a greater yield or a bad review from the principal, he's in for a bad review from God himself with God's word that he's given. It's a weighty stuff. And he'd be ashamed because of it. That's a, that's a great way to put it. You know, the workman who is ashamed is someone who is not handling the word of God right. It is shame. It's shameful what some preachers may preach or how they might approach the word and how they might approach the flock. It's shameful. We should call it what it, what it is. And we don't want bad reviews from God. That's a weighty thing. And even to say it's ashamed is almost to put it lightly. To be, it's to be utterly exposed as someone who not only has messed up in their job, but who misled people who God cares deeply about, that he sent his only son to die on the cross for their sins. God cares about his bride. Men who mishandle the word and teach error are in a grave place of judgment unlike anyone else in any other profession and calling. James 3.1 tells us this. Let's see this fuller biblical worldview in other places. It says, Not many of you should become teachers, my brothers, for you know that we who teach will be judged with greater strictness. The judgment of teachers is due to God's love of the sheep. He cares for his sheep, so he's not going to put up with false shepherds. We saw it this morning in Ezekiel 34. Remember all the selfish shepherds who weren't caring for the flock, who weren't helping the lost sheep, who weren't helping the suffering sheep, who weren't feeding the sheep? Those are bad shepherds. We saw that this morning in our sermon. He's not okay with that kind of thing, because he cares about the church. He's not okay with sloppy preachers teaching errors to his bride. His bride is way too important for him to have shoddy work and pastors leading or teachers leading, anyone who opens up the word in churches leading his sheep astray. Oh, in a sense, it's a church without a shepherd is better than a church with a bad shepherd teaching bad things. Because we all have the Spirit of God and the Word. I'd rather a church to go longer without a pastor. Think about when the churches are in search times. It's better not... <laughs> oh, it's already been a year or two years or three years. We need to get somebody in there. It's better to get a faithful preacher in the pulpit than to get someone who's going to lead you astray. It'd be better to go four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten years if you have to because it's not going to do anyone good. It's going to hurt them. You put someone who's going to be ashamed in the, in the pulpit, that's, that's an issue. These are weighty things. This is the, a biblical worldview. So this is the part here that, that, that you see the importance of hard work to avoid that error. And to avoid error, you can't just step up to the pulpit with whatever you're teaching or whatever situation you're in, whether it's Sunday school or VBS or Pioneer Clubs or biblical counseling or table talks or preaching sermons or even giving discipleship counsel in conversations with the word to families over the phone or friends or in conversations. We, we want to make sure that we can't just kind of 
roll out of bed, and shoot from the hip. But we must work hard to ensure that what we teach and preach and counsel is true and not mixed with error. This is such weighty stuff. It's not for the faint of heart, the theologically sloppy, or those who don't want to do the work to care, to know God's word well. Oh, it's weighty, but this is what God reveals. It's not like there's like an out or something. It's, it's okay if you just, it's okay if you mess up in that conversation. Yeah, it might lead them astray. They might be believing something that's completely terrible, or it's okay if you get up to the pulpit and you just completely miss the point of what God is revealing, or it's okay if you're teaching VBS and you are trying to share somebody, the, uh, kid, uh, the gospel, and you point to them like a workspace salvation or something. It's okay if you just do that every once in a while. No, we can't be doing that. We need to be careful and diligent, intentional preachers and teachers and communicators of the word. This has to be on our, on our hearts. I mean, we recognize that no person other than Jesus is perfect. We're not talking about perfect. We're talking about being heralds and messengers of the word by being careful. And, and there are going to be times where, hey, we may say something that we need to repent of. But that's not being a charlatan preacher. That's just being, being a human, faithful Christian that says, hey, when I said this, I misspoke. Or when I did that, I, you know, that's, that's part of Christian maturity, right? That's okay. We're not talking about perfection here, but we're talking about the careful and the weightiness and the importance that God puts on this and that the Apostle Paul pointed this pastor that he was mentoring to be able to step in and to do these things that he's putting forward. This leads us to our last point. We must not only labor in the word and avoid being ashamed with our error, but number three, we also accurately need to preach positively biblical truth. We need to put something forward accurate from God's word. Let's see it again from 2 Timothy 2.15. Be diligent to present yourself approved to God as a workman who does not need to be ashamed, accurately handling the word of truth. You see here, it's not enough just to work hard and guard from error. We have to put something forward positively and truthful to our people when we teach. Kind of just sitting around and avoiding falsehood is at least good since error is dangerous, and we don't want that kind of shameful error and deception creeping in. But God's people need to be fed with God's word to their lives. That also takes careful and direct, accurate, hard work as well. Not just the avoiding, but putting forward something for the people. The accurate uh, preacher, proved preacher, will positively put forward what is right while at the same time guarding against what is wrong in his preaching and teaching ministry. I think this is summed up well. At the end of chapter 2 of uh, 2 Timothy chapter 2, I'm going to read that for you in context here at the end as some of these things are kind of summed up here in verse 23. Paul tells Timothy, he says, Have nothing to do with foolish, ignorant controversies. You know that they breed quarrels. And the Lord's servant must not be quarrelsome, but kind to everyone, able to teach patiently, enduring evil, correcting his opponents with gentleness, God may perhaps grant them repentance, leading to a knowledge of the truth. And they may come to their senses and escape the snare of the devil after being captured by him to do his will. Did you see the connection there with teaching 
and then protecting against error, kind of two sides of the same coin. It said right there, able to teach. That was part of it, able to teach, then also correcting opponents. Both of those are important. And do you see what's at stake there at the end of this chapter? A church should want and expect hardworking preachers who are competent and diligent in the word because Satan is involved in causing trouble in churches. Wood preached last month about spiritual armor, and this relates with spiritual warfare and armor. Paul says that in the church there will be some caught in the snare of the devil, even to do not the will of God, but the will of Satan. We saw it there. So a preacher worth his salt has to be able to handle God's word to protect from error and put forward a positively healthy biblical worldview and truth for his people because there's a lot at stake and a, a lot of mischief that can be caused and problems in the church when you have this spiritual warfare going on. This isn't some light thing. There are major consequences, and there's a lot out to bring churches down to confuse believers and there's nothing that the enemy in the demonic realm is going to want but to cause confusion and lead people astray and one of the things that he the ways that that happens is is even within contexts of churches and so a shepherd needs to be able to see and point out error and then also put forward what is true both of those things are important an approved preacher will be like a soldier here, as we saw, enduring suffering and hardship, like Paul himself endured throughout his entire ministry. Read the whole chapter of chapter 2, and you see him bringing that up multiple times. And we know that Jesus was a suffering servant, so you'd guess that under-shepherds of the chief shepherd would also experience that as well. You must also be diligent, training, like an athlete, preparing with excellence in view. Hard work, care, training, and and intentionality. And then also the illustration, like a hardworking farmer, digging into his daily work. This is so important for us to see. All of this to rightly handle the word. This is the famous passage we know, rightly handling the word. All of this is important to rightly handle the word of truth and to avoid teaching error so that preachers and teachers of the word won't be ashamed, because if they do, they're going to be ashamed. It's shameful. And also putting forward kind of accurate and true, healthy biblical truth for the people of God and the good of the church, the health of the church, the defense of the faith amidst the raging battle going on all around us. I'm thankful for the Apostle Paul giving us this instruction and direction I think it's helpful and clarifying. It's especially helpful and clarifying for Pastor Wood and myself and then anyone else who would teach the word. It gives a weightiness to it. Uh, and I think it's just important for us to kind of be aware about the, these things because we want to be able to see more and more and more people built up, trained up, and encouraged to be able to do this kind of ministry as well throughout our church as we see already and we want to see even more The Apostle Paul puts that forward to Timothy. We need to have these things on our radars as we sit under the word of God. Let's pray now that we would all take the preaching and teaching of the word seriously as the Apostle Paul and Timothy do. And and of course, God himself clearly does also. Let's pray.
Father, thank you for giving us direction and warning. Thank you for giving us qualification, even for for pastors in terms of other aspects of the pastoral uh, epistles. But then thank you also for giving us direction about what able to teach actually means and the importance of being able to guard against error and how that's relevant to our churches and to our specific church and how care and labor in the word is just so important for a variety of different ways. Would you bless our church um, as we seek uh, to be faithful in the word? Would you help everybody here in this room who has the great privilege and opportunity to be able to teach the word in a variety of settings? Help them to continue to take it seriously as I know that they do. And would you bless their ministry? Would you bless their ministry with the health of those who hear it, with the health of the church? We need your help in these things. None of us is perfect. None of us can do this on our own. But we're just, we're so dependent upon you and your word. Help us all to be hungry, to learn and, 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 and grow and mature in our understanding and application of the word in a variety of ways. Especially, Lord, especially those of us who teach and preach the word regularly. Give us strength in these things. We need it. These things are weighty. We look to you for help. We say this in Jesus' name. Amen.